It is Friday the 13th here in Draft Shark Studios in Rochester, New York. Welcome to our Week 15 DraftKings podcast. I'm your host, Matt Schaff. With me, as always, is Jared Smola. And this podcast is sponsored by our partners at Fanshare Sports. Fanshare curates hundreds of pieces of daily fantasy sports-related articles, tweets, and podcasts to create the most accurate ownership projections in the industry. Those projections can be found in the Lineup Builder tool on DraftSharks.com, and you can find up-to-date ownership info anytime at FanshareSports.com. On DraftSharks, you can find all of Jared's top picks for playing on DraftKings this weekend. He's got you covered with picks for cash games, GPP lineups. I will add some showdown notes for the Sunday night and Monday night games. If you're not a DS insider and you want to check out Jared's picks as well as the Lineup Builder tool, we've got an opportunity for you there. All you need to do is give our show a rating and a review on iTunes, screenshot it, email it to us at info at draftsharks.com. Do that. We'll hook you up with DS Insider the rest of the way, the rest of this season into the playoffs. Rate us, review us, email it to info at draftsharks.com. Even if you're not a DS Insider, head over there. Or even if you're already a DS Insider, head over there and uh, give us a rating and a review. If you're not a DS Insider and you don't care about becoming one, you can still go to draftsharks.com and see who we're playing against each other in the next round of the crown is asked challenge. I would recommend that you only bother looking at Jared's lineup though, because I suck at this. Yeah. And just looking back at my lineup here, th- th- this lineup is really nowhere close to what I actually ended up playing in cash. I think last week was one of the weeks where some of the late news should have impacted your lineups. Like I ended up using Bilal Powell, who I think was 3,500 bucks when Le'Veon Bell was ruled out. I ended up uh, moving off to Sean Watson when Will Fuller was ruled out to Jameis Winston. That worked out nicely, but um, you know, Ian Thomas, I think was a key last week. I guess the second week in a row where the minimum price tight end paid off. We had Tyler Higby in week 13, Ian Thomas, 16.7 points um, at minimum price in week 14. Yeah. I, I think Mike Jacecki was an okay decision that didn't work out at tight end, but I think it was a mistake to not play Ian Thomas for the minimum salary, you know, regardless of what the outlook was for him. I think, I don't think there was any reason to dislike him. Otherwise, Jamison Crowder, I think, was fine, didn't work out. Alvin Kamara was okay because of his low salary, obviously didn't work out. And then, you know, when you put three or four guys in your lineup that don't work out, lineup's probably not going to work out. I mean, if you told me the the Saints scored 46 points, I think <laughs> Alvin Kamara would have been 100% owned. But the fact that he only scored 7.3 when the Saints scored 46, I think, is pretty fluky. Exactly. I thought, you know, if it's if it's going to be a slow it down game and not so many points, then there should be plenty of Alvin Kamara. Even if he's not working on the ground, he should be involved receiving. And then if there are a bunch of points, of course, Alvin Kamara is going to be involved in that. I mean, I I thought that game would be like 23 to 20. So that's sort of why I didn't play Alvin Kamara. But again, if I knew it was going to be a shootout, I definitely would have played him. Oh, well, we'll both be back at it for week 15. You'll be able to see who we're playing against each other in the free post for this podcast at DraftSharks.com. I will not be talking myself into the Bucks defense this week or (laughs) any single risk-reward defense across lineups this time around. Jared, who will you be talking us into playing at cash quarterback? I'm I'm pretty much all in on Dak Prescott this week. Um, I'm going to be playing him in cash. Um, I've been making like three or four tournament lineups a week on DraftKings. I'll probably play Prescott in the majority of those because um, you know I, I think he's a good value at 6300 bucks and he's it also looks like he's going to be low owned um, you know, he, he's just been so good at home this season um, thir- 351 passing yards and 2.3 touchdowns per game at home he has 21 plus DraftKings points in all six of those games 
This matchup is on the tougher side against the Rams. LA 11th in adjusted fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks, but but three of Dak's home games have come against top 12 defenses against quarterbacks, the Packers, Vikings, and Bills. And again, you know, he, he topped uh, 21 DraftKings points in all those games. So I feel good about Dak at home. I feel good about this game in general. I think it's going to be a shootout. Um, so again, for cash and tournaments, I like stacking up this game. I was really surprised to see how low his ownership projection is. I'm guessing that people are just basing that off of, a, you know, a disappointing Cowboys game against the Bills at home on Thanksgiving, right. followed by a bad Cowboys game at Chicago last Thursday night. But I mean, Dak's been lights out at home for the most part. Yeah, and it, he hasn't played especially well in those last two games, but you know, he scored 27.7 DraftKings points against Buffalo. 20 and a half DraftKings points on the road against Chicago. So, you know, he's, he's still getting it done in fantasy. Mm-hmm. And we knew that Buffalo and Chicago were both yep. solid to good pass defenses going in. Yep. On the cash side, I'm looking at Derek Carr and Eli Manning. And it, the $400 might be the decider because I don't really think there's a whole lot of difference between these guys this week. I want to say that the floor is not great on Eli Manning, but it's kind of hard to say so based on his price his Monday night game in the rain at Philly, and the matchup with Miami, most importantly. Eli's third in our DK dollars per point now that Daniel Jones has been ruled out for the game. He's facing Miami all year. Only Brian Hoyer has fallen short of 16 fantasy points against the Dolphins. So, I mean, if Eli can just get to 16 fantasy points, we're talking about nearly tripling his value. Um, So that would work. There have been four straight quarterbacks well outscoring their season averages against Miami, which has you know lost guys to injury and trades along the way and is an even worse defense at this point than it was early in the year. And as I mentioned, Manning fared way better than I would have guessed, than I did guess, in the rain at Philly on Monday night. So I'll take another decent game. I think there's a ceiling above that. I think Darius Slayton raises his ceiling overall, and really he's got a pretty solid crew of receivers in Slayton, Golden Tate, and Sterling Shepard. Yeah, I have an Ingram out for this game again, unfortunately, but I, yeah, I, I do think uh, Eli Manning at 5200 bucks. if if you want to go cheaper at quarterback and not use Dak Prescott, I think Eli Manning's the way to go. Tournament side, what you got? Yeah, so if I'm not using Dak, um, I do like Jimmy Garoppolo at $6,100. Um, he, he's really played well for a while now. 70% completion rate, 8.5 yards per attempt over his last eight games. He's actually fourth among quarterbacks in fantasy points during that stretch. His production has been super volatile. Um, over those last eight games, he has three games of 31-plus DraftKings points, four games of 14 or fewer DraftKings points. So I don't think you use him in cash, but you know, again, he showed that 30-point upside. This definitely could be another big game for Garoppolo. He's at home against Atlanta. Falcons 26th in Football Outsiders pass defense rankings. They're 23rd in DK points allowed to quarterbacks. The 49ers, 29.75 point implied total, easily highest on the main slate. And Garoppolo coming in at a projection of just about 4% ownership, according to Fanshare. Yeah, I was surprised by that, too. I mean, the ownership seems very spread around at quarterback this week, and for good reason. But, you know, coming off a huge points week for the Niners at New Orleans, and both Emmanuel Sanders and Debo Samuel are quite affordable. Yep, and I think even George Kittle, you know, um, know, he's near the top of the tight end pricing, but I think he's still easy, easy, easy enough to get in there. I'm going to give a look to Derek Carr and Darren Waller as a stack on here. Carr is currently under 2% in ownership projection. He's got the mid 5K price tag, 5,600. And normally I would think that he doesn't really bring the ceiling for this spot. 
But Philip Rivers showed us last week that Jacksonville extends everybody's ceiling. I mean, Rivers threw, I think, 22 pass attempts in that game. He threw touchdowns from 30, 44, and 84 yards out. The the Jaguars are just, they're finished with this season. So I think the only thing limiting Oakland is how often it lets itself do the scoring. I think the injury to Josh Jacobs pushes a little bit more upside to Derek Carr as well. So pair the matchup with the own rates. We've got Derek Carr under two and Darren Waller at 5.8. I think pretty clearly the number one receiver for Derek Carr at this point. And sixth in our DK dollars per point projections, even at 5,500, which is high for the position. Past two weeks, seven catches for 100 yards, six catches for 72 yards. Foster Moreau is now on injured reserve. That raises the TD upside, I think, for Darren Waller. And really, that's been the biggest issue for him. Otherwise, he's a very safe bet for targets and receptions at this point. Yeah, I, I love Waller. My issue with Carr in tournaments, he, he just really hasn't shown a ceiling this season. He only he doesn't have any games over 23.4 points, and he only has that, – that's his only game that he's reached 21 points. Um, you know, so he, he needs this game to turn into a shootout, I think, to, to hit a ceiling. So Carr is a case where I think if you're going to use him, you – would want to run it back with one of the Jags receivers and, you know, hope all those guys go off in a high scoring game. I would imagine we'll talk about a cheap Jaguars receiver later on. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with the the ceiling concern and, you know, it very well might work out that way. Similar to Kirk Cousins last week where there was an absolutely no ceiling to him if you played him despite right. the good matchup with Detroit. I'll also throw out Jared Goff and Cooper Cup for um, more already displayed ceiling. Yep, I, I like that one. Cash, what you got at running back? Todd Gurley at six thousand bucks. Uh, you know he's he's kind of still priced for his early season usage. I mean he he only reached twenty opportunities you know, carries plus targets in two of his first eight games. He's had twenty plus opportunities now in three of his last four games. He he sort of reemerged as the focal point of this offense. He's looked good. I think um, he scored eighteen point five plus DraftKings points in um, three of his last four games. Um, and again, I, I just like this Rams Cowboys game. I think it's it's going to be a shootout, and the Cowboys are sort of a middling matchup for running backs. Um, they're 16th in DraftKings points allowed to to the position. They're 19th in adjusted fantasy points allowed, and a below average defense overall. So you don't worry too much about the Rams being able to move the ball and get scoring opportunities. Todd Gurley leads our DK dollars per point by forty dollars over the next guy, which is a pretty big margin. For that category. And the next five guys are all $5,000 or less in salary. So, I mean, we're talking about cheap players that we're hoping will get the touches this week, as opposed to Todd Gurley, who we know is going to get the touches unless the Cowboys jump out to a huge lead. Right. Yeah. And even then, I think, you know, his, his role in the passing game has grown at least a little bit where he's not going to get completely phased out. I think Kenyon Drake is, I wouldn't call him safe, but at 5000 bucks, I think he's a cash option. Cleveland's the weakest run D that he will have faced since joining the Cardinals. Playing time was down a little bit last week, but he's still in control of the backfield, still playing more than 60% of the snaps. So I think that we should see plenty more touches from Kenyon Drake in this spot. And when you combine that with the salary and... I mean, the fact that if you're if you want certainty at the position, you need to pay into seven and eight K ranges. I like Drake as a consideration here. Yeah, I think at that five thousand dollar price tag, he makes a lot of sense. Tournament side, but you got a running back, uh, Saquon Barkley for me, who you know, really should be a cash game option against Miami. But you know, at seventy seven hundred bucks, Barkley just ha- he hasn't looked like the same guy. He hasn't produced like the same guy since coming back from that high ankle sprain. He actually has single digit DraftKings points in three 
of his last four games. Those have been tougher matchups, though. Um, All three of those games have come against teams ranked top 11 in Football Outsiders' run defense rankings. Now we get to Miami, who who ranks 29th in Football Outsiders' run defense DVOA. Miami has allowed seven different running backs to top 20 DraftKings points this season. Um, five different running backs have scored 24 plus points. So, you know, if Barkley is right, you know, he, he obviously has big upside in this matchup. And 17 plus carries in three straight games, even while not looking right. So right. the touches are at least there. Yep. I've got David Montgomery down and it, it mm-hmm. bites me every time that I use him. But, you know, I, I guess I, I need to try to overlook that. 5,500 bucks. He has been a safer bet for touches. 10th in the league in carries per game, 12th in opportunities per game since week eight. That's the span that began with the big game against the Chargers. Green Bay is a positive scoring matchup for running backs. I don't expect a game script to get away from Montgomery here. I don't. The Packers don't look like an offense capable of running away from the Bears in this one. And Chicago's scoring and yardage is up lately. Packers are a below average defense at this point, 20th in overall defensive DVOA, according to Football Outsiders. So I think it should be close enough to keep Montgomery involved. And it looks like the Bears are more willing to do so these days than they were early in the year. Yep. Yeah, it makes sense to me. I wouldn't go to him in cash, but tournament play definitely makes sense. Exactly. Duke Johnson, 4,100 is going to be mm-hmm. intriguing in a tournament lineup as well. Pat Breda's down there too, um, and I, and I know Raheem Mostert was you know has been the guy the last couple of weeks and last week with Breda back, but you know I, I still think Breda is talented enough, even if he gets ten touches, could could pay off that price tag. Yeah, I mean we've certainly seen multiple weeks so far where the Niners have two running backs that are are fantasy worthy. Yep. Wide receiver cash, what you playing? Going back to the Rams, um, Robert Woods, I think, is underpriced at 6200 bucks for the volume he's gotten lately. Um, he's averaging 11.8 targets over his last four games, um, 8.3 catches, 116 yards over that span. He has 15.7 or more DraftKings points in all four of those games. That includes 33.2 DraftKings points and 25.7 points over the last two weeks. So again, I, I just think his price hasn't caught up to the usage he's been getting lately. Yeah, I agree. And I think that there are some cheaper options that can help you fit somebody even in the 6K range. Chris Conley at 3600 Just twice in his past seven games has he failed to at least double his value on DraftKings for that week compared to the salary. Salary this week is down to its lowest level since week eight. DJ Chark is out, so that frees up even more targets. And Conley's targets have been pretty good over that recent seven-game stretch that I was talking about anyway. Matchup solid. Oakland's the 10th friendliest scoring matchup for wide receivers, according to our adjusted fantasy points allowed. And the Jaguars are likely to play from behind in this game because they stink right now and they don't seem willing to do much to stop that. Danny Amendola at 4,100, I think, is in a similar range. 500 more than Chris Conley, but still fairly cheap. And similar outlook to Chris Conley in that Marvin Jones's injury boosts the target outlook, leaves a little bit more available. They're home underdogs to the Buccaneers. And Danny Amendola already saw eight targets each of the past two weeks since David Blau stepped into the lineup. Yeah, I like both those guys a lot. There are quite a few sub-5K wide receivers to like this week. I like both those guys. Um, you have Mike Williams at 4600 bucks. I think it's a good price for him in a good matchup. D.D. Westbrook at 4600 I do prefer Conley for 1000 less, but I, I do think Westbrook is probably a slightly safer bet for catches just because he's playing in the slot and work some of those, you know, shorter routes. Mm-hmm. Who's your tournament pick? I have Amari Cooper here as your stack with Dak Prescott. Fanshare projects Cooper for just 5.4% ownership. I mean, I guess people are scared of the Jalen Ramsey matchup. It's obviously not ideal, but it's also a matchup I think Cooper can win. And like Dak, he's just been so good at home all season. He's averaging 
7.8 catches, 126 yards, and 0.8 touchdowns per game in his six home games this season. Um, he has 25-plus DraftKings points in four of those six games. I think Michael Gallup is certainly in consideration here, though, in case the Cowboys think, oh, if Jalen Ramsey's following Amari around, then we'll just throw it to Gallup, too. Yep, definitely. Mike Williams, who you mentioned in passing at 4,600, is my guy. I mean, I think this is it. This is this is the week. 28.9 <laughs> yards per catch since week eight. It tops the league by a wide margin. The Vikings struggling against outside wide receivers. They rank among the top six in points allowed to each side, according to Pro Football Focus. That's where Mike Williams does his work. And his ownership projection is low. I figured after – he finally found the end zone last week, and they're facing a Minnesota team that we all know ha- has struggled in pass defense relative to, to previous years this season. I thought that the ownership rate was going to be up on him. It's not. It's in the low single digits, and the Chargers are home underdogs in spite of the way last week's game went. So he should be in line for more targets. And Mike Williams brings the profile of a guy that can deliver a huge week even on just six or seven targets in this game. Yeah, I like it. I mean, like you said, he finally got the touchdown last week, and, and the volume has has sort of been shaky. Um, but he does have 55-plus yards in six straight games. He's topped 100 yards in two of those games. So he, he's been producing. You know, If he can get six, seven targets and score again, I think you know he, he's going to pay off big at that price tag. Yeah, a high-risk guy for a cash lineup. I think it's yeah. a tournament side because, I mean, he's, he's going to boom or bust. It's like every target that he gets, if he catches it, it's 35 yards. Yeah, I, I, I would say he's cheap enough where I think you can consider him in cash. I mean, you know, someone mm-hmm. like Danny Amendola, I think, has a much higher floor, but you know, Williams right. has the upside if that's what you're looking for. Yeah, I think Darius Slayton is in the same range though, forty seven hundred bucks, probably a, a safer bet for targets, and also in yeah. uh, at least as good a matchup against the Dolphins. Yep, for sure. Headed for double digit ownership, so that might yeah. change the the plan for a tournament lineup. I, I wonder how high his ownership is going to get, though. It'll be interesting to check over the weekend. And really, Darius Slayton might be to the point where we can ignore that because he's had three games of two touchdowns among his past six. So maybe the the ceiling is worth chasing, even if he gets to like fifteen to twenty percent. Right, especially at the price of forty seven hundred. I mean, I think because that game was on Monday night, he didn't get the price bump where you know he might be fifty five hundred if that was a Sunday game. Tight end for cash, what you got? So I think this is close now between Tyler Higby and Ian Thomas. Now that Greg Olson's been ruled out for Sunday's game. Um, you have Thomas at 3100 bucks, Higby at 39 And I do like Higby better not factoring in salary, but for the savings, I, I think Thomas is definitely in play. But I think Higby, if you can get up to him, 3900 bucks again. You know, he, Higby leads all tight ends in targets, catches, and yards over the last two weeks now. He's scored 26.7 and then 21.6 DraftKings points in those games. And I, I think there is some risk that He's not as involved, you know, in, in any Rams game just because they do have those three wide receivers. But I think he should be involved again in this matchup against the Cowboys, who are 29th in football outsiders tight end coverage rankings. It seems like a, a good spot to attack Dallas's defense. Yeah, the Cowboys have struggled at safety all year. They're decent at cornerback, especially on the outside. So I, I totally agree. I think it's Ian Thomas and Tyler Higby. You can start with Ian Thomas at 3100 see if that $800 makes a difference. And if it doesn't, then go to Higby at 3,900 for a tournament. Tyler Higby, I think is headed for the highest own rate at the position. So I think it makes him a solid fade. I would definitely not call him a full fade because it's another positive spot for his usage. 
And, you know, he's given us two straight hundred yard games. So no matter how many other owners have him, he's going to help you if he has another similar game. But Jacob Hollister at 3,800 is a potential pivot at Carolina. Panthers are tougher in wide receiver coverage, 23rd against tight ends, um, according to Football Outsiders. So I, I would consider Hollister in that spot. Yep, makes sense. Uh, my, my tournament tight end, I think, is a good pivot off Tyler Higby is OJ Howard at 3,500 bucks. And I know he's disappointed us basically every week this season. I just think it's possible that none, none of the Bucks wide receivers outside of Chris Godwin see a real volume change with Mike Evans out. But, you know, it's OJ Howard that just sort of emerges as the number two option in the pass game. I, I think he he is the you know second most talented pass catcher in Tampa Bay. Um, his playing time has been fine in those three games since he's since, since he got benched. Um, 78% snap rate, 83% snap rate, 87% snap rate in his last three games. So he's been on the field. You know, he's, he's seen just 13 targets in those games. But again, you know, Mike Evans leaving behind nine targets per game. If Howard can pick up, you know, three or four of those, we know the upside that he still brings with the talent he has. Yeah, I certainly think it's possible. I was surprised to see that Howard is currently projected for double digit ownership on DraftKings. Yeah, I mean, I, I wish it was lower, but it's not high enough to, to get me off him. Especially, I, I, I think Higby will be, you know, close to twice his own as Howard. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I would not avoid him for that reason, but it was it was interesting to note. Uh, I've got Darren Waller down. Even if you don't want to go with Derek Carr's ceiling, I like Darren Waller's ceiling at fifty five hundred bucks. It's a lot to pay, but you know, you see what works out as you're building the lineups and see if you can fit him. You mentioned that there are a bunch of cheaper wideouts, so I think that makes it worth considering a more expensive tight end than usual. And the, I mean, the matchup's obvious. I mean, they're, they're playing the Jaguars who are just awful at this point and weren't very strong against tight ends to begin with. Yeah, it feels to me that all those top tight ends are probably going to come in pretty low owned just with, you know, guys like Higby. And I think Ian Thomas will be kind of popular now with Olsen out. So I think, you know, going to Waller or Zacherts or Kittle or Kelsey um, for, for tournaments makes sense. Mm-hmm. I do think Mike Jacecki is one other guy to, to keep in mm-hmm. consideration at 4000 bucks, not nearly so expensive, and could be a passing focal point if Devontae Parker's out, if other guys are out for that team, and especially if the Giants do jump to a lead in this game. Yep, I like it. At flex, what are you playing? So we've hit on all the cheap wide receivers that I you know would consider at the flex spot. Darius Slayton, Mike Williams, Danny Amendola, Chris Conley. I, I do think the other guy is Patrick Laird at 4500 bucks. That's cheap for a guy who's seen 15 and then 20 opportunities over the last two games now. You know, it seems like Miami's pretty much committed to him in something close to a feature role. And the Giants are a pretty nice matchup. Tougher than you would think on the ground, but um, they, they've given up some big receiving numbers to running backs and you know Patrick Laird can do that would you play him in a tournament lineup at his projection of 20 plus percent ownership nope cash play for Laird and then those cheap wide receivers is where I'd look in tournaments I agree I think Patrick Laird's in play for cash for tournament I would fade him because of that own rate and because as you said the matchup is tougher than most people probably realize Mm -hmm. against the Giants I, I I just don't think he has the ceiling to to merit ignoring the owned rate there. And also, I mean, down in the cheaper range, you could pivot to somebody like Boston Scott at a very low salary, Mm. 3000 Duke Johnson at a similar salary in a a better offense and Kenyon Drake a little bit more at 5,000 bucks all in play. And if there's money left to pay more than that, I think that the 6k range at receiver is loaded with options that are better bets for targets than are 
the running backs in a similar price range for carries. Yeah, I agree. Um, I'll, I'll mention Matt Breda again. I think he's an interesting, you know, dart throw, I guess. And I'm interested in the Chiefs backfield too. All these guys are cheap and, you know, LeSean McCoy, 4,400 bucks. And you know, we know he's not going to get a ton of carries, but if he is going to get, you know, 10 to 10 to 12 touches, he makes some sense. And then Damon Williams, if he comes back, is at 4,800 bucks. Defense, what you like? I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with this, um, you know, cheap defense against the Bucks thing. Um, you know, I used the Colts last week; they got us 11 points. This week it's the Lions, who you know are uh, worse defense than the Colts for sure. Um, but they're 2,300 bucks. They're at home. You know, Jameis Winston's gonna be playing through a fractured thumb now. I don't know if that makes him a better interception bet, but I don't think it hurts. Um, you know, the Bucks have multiple turnovers in six of their last eight games now, allowing close to three sacks per game during that span. So again, the Lions aren't a good defense, but the matchup in price, I think, I think they're worth considering. Yep, that's also the reason I'll consider the Cardinals at twenty two hundred bucks against the Browns. Not a good defense, but the Browns have not been great this year. The Cardinals are at least at home. You know, there's some talent there. If there's a turnover, if there's a pick six, whatever, it pays off immediately. Giants at 2,700 have some upside against the Dolphins. Mm -hmm. They look like they're probably going to be a little too owned, I think, for a tournament lineup. And then in the cheap range, still Washington at 2,600, I think carries some upside against the Eagles. Yep, I like Washington um, as a cheap option. I think on the other side of that game, the Eagles, it'd probably be a tournament only play because they're 3,400 bucks. But Dwayne Haskins has taken 4.4 sacks per game. Over the past five weeks, you know, the Redskins aren't scoring points. We know that. And the Eagles are projected at just 3.3% ownership. So you're going to get them at low ownership. And I think they have a high ceiling this week. Yes, I like the Eagles as well for that. For those reasons in a tournament lineup. And, you know, if I'm messing around in a cash lineup and I get to that point and I don't need that salary at another position, I can certainly see playing the Eagles there as well. Yep, definitely. That's going to do it for this week 15 edition of our DraftKings podcast. Head over to DraftSharks.com right now to read all of Jared's top picks for playing on DK this weekend. Check out our full week 15 rankings and mess around with the lineup builder tool. That's where you can find DK dollars per point projections, ceiling projections, and customizable strategy options. Check back Saturday morning to see who we're playing against each other in the Crown is Ass Challenge. You can also find us on Twitter. We are at DraftSharks. Jared is at SmolaDS. I am at ShaufDS. That's S-C-H-A-U-F. For Jared Small and the rest of the Draft Sharks crew, I'm Matt Shaft saying thanks so much for swimming with us. 